Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. The Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all the usual social media outlets. Do your bit to support us on Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Twitter, Twitch and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Give us a like, share, subscribe and join our flourishing community of not just wrestling fans, but gamers, podcasters, musicians and more. It's time once again for everybody to come on board the Untitled Wrestling Podcast train. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast and our review of Raw and Smackdown from this week. I'm Troy, joined as always by Jay. How are you, my man? More good. I'm uh, good going to a beer tasting late, so I'm quite excited for that. I've not done anything like Ooh. that for a little while. Oh, what a treat. So, uh, yeah. Nice. That should be fun. Yeah, man. It's a good day for it. Well, the weather's all right down here. I don't know what it's like up there. Fucking dreadfully, amazing. Is it? Oh, mate. It's, it's, the sun's trying to break through. It's quite, it's quite you'd warm. You'd think it was fucking nighttime, this guy's that black. <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Anyway, before we get on to this week's reviews of Raw and SmackDown, I have a couple of little tidbits for you. So we'll do yesterday, which was the 9th of July. A couple of birthdays uh, of note. In 1975, uh, <laughs> Shelton Benjamin was born. Also on the 9th of July in 1960, Mark Miro. And finally in 1959, Kevin Nash. Nice. Big and he's sexy. on the broken school sessions tomorrow. Fucking right he is. What a birthday present for him. It's delightful. Yeah. yeah. Stone, Cold, Stone Cold. I wish I could hang out with Stone Cold. <laughs> Big, stupid, sexy Kevin Nash. Uh, also, on the 9th of July, uh, one pay-per-view of note. I mean, there are a couple. This one stood out. Uh, WWE presents Great Balls of Fire in 2017. Nice. Uh, there was a dark match. Neville defeated Akira Tozawa to retain the WWE Cruiserweight title. And then Bray Wyatt defeated Seth Rollins. Big Cass defeated Enzo Amore. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus defeated Jeff uh, and Matt, the Hardy Boys, to retain the Raw Tag Team Championships in a 30-minute Iron Man tag match. Oh, yes, please. I remember that being an absolute banger. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, Sasha Banks defeated via Countout uh, Alexa Bliss uh, in a match for the Raw Women's title. Uh, the Miz defeated Dean Ambrose to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Braun Strowman defeated Roman Reigns in an ambulance match. Heath Slater defeated Kurt Hawkins. And finally, oh, travesty. Heath, wait, Heath Slater defeated Kurt Hawkins? That's right. Yep. In a, in a two-minute, 27-minute spectacle, a clinic. I don't even remember like. that. Wow, it was two minutes, 27. I didn't expect you to. Probably I why. didn't. <laughs> I'd have forgotten that was on this card had I not got this in front of me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. And finally, uh, in the main event, Brock Lesnar defeated Samoa Joe via pinfall to retain the Universal Championship. That's when they should have pulled the fucking trigger. That, oh. That's when that's when Brock was beating people with just one F five, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was like you've literally you've literally been spamming this move on like Rome, and he kicked out of about eighty of them the last time you wrestled. <laughs> and then you just decide, I'm going to just use one. Just the one on Joe. Just the one. Abs- I mean, at least absolute it, at least it was an F5 and not just one Rainmaker. But just one. One. Just Count them. One. 
just the one. <laughs> Moving on to the 10th of July. Um, I didn't find any birthdays of note. However, I did find a pay-per-view of note. In 2011, TNA presents Destination X. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, uh, I've, got, I've got a birthday of note. Um, oh, have you? Isaiah Cassidy from the private party. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good shit. Uh, so yeah, Destination X 2011, uh, Kazarian defeated Samoa Joe, Douglas Williams defeated Mark Haskins, Eric Young and Sharkboy defeated Jeremy Buck and Max Buck, Alex AKA Shelley, Young Bucks. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. 2011. Yeah. yeah generation <laughs> me. Uh, Alex Shelley defeated Robbie E, Shannon Moore and the amazing red in an ultimate X match. Rob Van Dam defeated Jerry Lynn. Oh, I bet that was good. 17 minutes they got. Ooh. Austin Aries defeated Jack Evans, Loki, and Zima Eon in a four-way match. Brian Kendrick defeated Abyss uh, to become the new TNA X Division champion. And finally, uh, in what looks like a non-title match, AJ Styles defeated Christopher Daniels in a 30-minute match. Oh, yes, please. That was, um, I'm pretty sure that was like the worst feud TNA's ever done. Whoa, how do you fuck up AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels? Um, two words, Claire Lynch. Uh, oh. I'm going to let you ask Big Tasty about that, hopefully when I'm there, so I can... <laughs> what, I see can his wit- reaction? I can witness the fucking smoke that comes out of his fucking <laughs> nose. Be was like this- smog. <laughs> was this during the dark times of TNA? 2011. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was when Hogan and Bischoff were running amok. Um, oh, yeah, fuck that noise. Really. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've actually got a show as well that happened on this day. Which yeah. The card, I've just looked at and went, oh, oh hello, hello. Um, Evolve 45, right, get a load of this. There's only six matches on it. Uh, open match, Caleb Conley versus Gary J. Not really to write on about there. Uh, Trent Boetta defeated Rich Swan. Oh, low-key little banger. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Everett defeated Tony Nice. Um, Chris Hero defeated Trevor Lee. Fucking hell. And then here's where, here's where it starts getting a bit spicy. Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Roderick Strong. Oh, yes. And oh. in the... Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> in the main event, Timothy Thatcher defeated Drew McIntyre for the Evolve Championship. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah that's it doesn't say spicy. how long the match went for, but I, I imagine it would have been stiff. That's a spicy card. I bet that was stiff as you like. Yeah. Also in 2016, Moose wrestled Char Samuels on a Rev, Rev Pro show. So, you know, what? that would have been pretty cool too. Yeah. Wow. Fucking hell. <laughs> that, was, that was the show I was going to say, oh, I've got this. And then I saw that evolve. I was like, let's just have a look at that card, man. Beauty. Oh, yeah, that's the one we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was tidbits. More of those next time. Shall we talk Raw? We have to. We do, yeah. It's kind of part of our contractual yeah. obligation. That's, There's no that's contract. The whole, it's the whole fucking thing, isn't it? Ah, oh, yeah. So, we kick off with Miz TV. Show opens with them in the ring. Um, Morrison just needs to stop with these fucking water puns, in my opinion. It's fucking nonsense. It's, it's really, really but, fucking annoying. It's nonsense. There was one he said last week, which was was it the mo- the moist master or something like or the master of moist or something I like don't... that. That had me that had me like giggling. Ah, uh, it. Some of them were funny, but then it got over the top, and then it got really annoying. 
Um, it, it's mad, like, when we do eventually get around to doing our Lucha Underground watch through, it's mad how much of a difference there is, like, that he's, he's gone from being that to this. An absolute joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. Uh, this, To be honest, this whole segment felt like a bit of a joke. So it was basically all the Money in the Bank participants come out. So Drew, Ricochet, Riddle. Uh, Drew tells called, some bullshit. I called tale. this. I called the whole fucking thing. Oh, yeah, they need to get it all filled up so they can all sit on the ladders and do the stupid promos. <laughs> Only one of them sat on the ladder. <laughs> yeah. Drew tells some bullshit story backstage again. I wasn't interested. Uh, Drew Drew wants you, Johnny you, to you, be as moist as possible well, so he can shove his head up Mrs. ass. You weren't interested about the fact that the actual Loch Ness Monsters 2 made that sword? Give a fuck, mate. No. I I skip, I'll be honest, I skipped through it. As soon as I saw him bring out that sword, I was like, I'm not in and more of your bullshit again. I, I, wonder, if, I wonder if Drew gave him Tree Fitty. <laughs> tree Fitty. I need a bad Tree Fitty. Ricochet comes out, chat shit, spells out his name, starts doing a weird dance. Riddle comes out, makes a joke about being really high because he's the only one sat on top of the ladder. Hey. We we talk about this a lot with WWE, but how do you ruin Ricochet? I know. Like, he doesn't need to talk. He doesn't need to be a fucking idiot like he is. It's raw, isn't it? It's, it's, it's... Just have him go out and wrestle. And I know. It, it wrestling speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, me, it's, 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 it's rubbish. Uh, Amas then pushes Riddle off the ladder, uh, and then it just turned into a really overbooked nonsense kind of spot where... The, the the main thing with it was Riddle getting his ankle, look, his foot attacked furthermore to set up the match later with AJ. Um, yeah. It gives just crap. Uh, then we go to Ricochet versus John Morrison again, uh, the difficult second album. A uh, couple notable spots in the match. Ricochet using the wheelchair like he did the other week. This time he flips over, uh, but then he gets caught by Morrison who powerbombs him into the uh, barricade. Uh, I, I've got a little soft spot in my heart for this man. Like these two wrestling each other because Lucha on the ground really much. Yeah, yeah. And I'm more they, excited they, for. The <laughs> <laughs> I'm more excited for what they've set up for next week. Yeah. Um, Morrison hits a span standing Spanish fly at one point. It's pretty cool. Um, Ricochet hits like a corkscrew cross crossbody over the top rope, sort of as Morrison's on the apron. Also looked all right. Uh, and then Ricochet gets counted out. Uh, because Miz uses his wheelchair to block him and stop him getting in the ring. Uh, it's just These two are capable of a really good match. The so one the other week was good. This felt different. It wasn't as high flying. It was a bit more grounded. Yeah, but I like the fact that the kind of it was a continuation of the last match. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick, he was going for the cool stuff that he did last time, and Morrison was like, "Well, you did this to me last week, so I'm gonna." So I'm scouting it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like psychology wise, it was fucking bang on the money. But it was just. My my main issue is that it's another like count out loss. Like, yeah, it, it's it's like with like money in the bank and stuff like that. WWE are always always seems scared to kind of pull the trigger on like having one person like go over clean, decisively better than the other. Yeah, and go yeah, over clean. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it, we'll them having count out like count out matches like it's shit, but it makes sense in that next week they've booked a false count anywhere, so now they can't get counted out. Yeah. So it makes sense from that standpoint. It's just a shame it had to get to that. They could have just said from last week and just gone, right, your next one is a false count anywhere. They didn't have to do another count out I, again. I think they should have waited until you have fans back for that. Yeah. Because those two could have done some really, really good stuff. Saying that, but actually, then, no, fans are back next week, aren't they? They're back on SmackDown. Oh, is it SmackDown? But, ah, okay. Raw, 
the next Raw is like the last show ever from the Thunderdome. Yeah, they'll pull out some of the stops. Not all of them, some of them. He'll probably do something mental off, like through the Thunderdome, won't he? Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Like I said, like these two are capable of a really good match, and they they did have a good match the other way. And this one was all right, but it was just, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. They could surprise us. Yeah. Um, we then see Jinder Mahal come in and do uh, the worst Undertaker impression. Whoa, uh, whoa, steady <laughs> on now. It's like the Wish version of Undertaker. Um, don't don't ever hinder the Jinder Taker. <laughs> To be fair, I like Jinder. I've got a lot of time for him. I know a lot of people shat I'm, on his, his championship reign. I thought it was all right, to be I, fair. I'm kind of digging this new faction. Like, I want them to kind of get behind it a bit more. Like, yeah. Because the thing with Jinder is, he's he's one of those people, he's not, I don't want to say he's so bad, he's good, but he's a little bit shit, and that's why he's good. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he, he's so fucking over the top with stuff, like when he when he was a feuding with Randy Orton, he was in the limo holding the belt up out, out the sunroof and stuff like that. <laughs> he's just like, a, he's like a like Saturday morning cartoon villain. He's fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I agree. I do, I do like him. Um, he's then interviewed and just asked about, so he's having a match with Drew later. He says they used to be really good friends and they tagged together and this and that. And, but he's in life to go out with Hench Heath to be in the ring. You are. Oh, wait, no. I said, I can't wait for the lights to go out and Hench Heath to meet them in the ring. But then I was remembered, oh, wait, no, never mind. Hench Heath, Swole Heath. Uh, never mind. He's not going to turn the lights on it and black mass on him, is he? Wishful <laughs> <laughs> thinking. So, yeah, he's annoyed, he's annoyed with Drew uh, because he, I think he said, oh, I, he texted him when he was champion and he wanted him to come and celebrate or something or other. And it took him three days to reply back and he's annoyed about that. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, then we see Reggie, Nia, and Shayna backstage. Alexa Bliss is doing spooky stuff. Reggie sees her. She disappears when Shayna and Nia turn around. That's about it. And is then Alexa we... Bliss, WCW, Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> is, that is, that, is that how far we've come with this gimmick now? <laughs> She's gone from being like this fiend spooky mate to now being like actual WCW, Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's not the best, is it? Um, we then get a recap of Kofnan the Barbarian and MVP and their little exchange the other week, uh, which leads to a match later that they announce, uh, where it's the New Day against uh, Bob Lashley and MVP. Then we get Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss, Naomi and Asuka versus Baszler, Nia, Eve Marie and Piper Niven for reasons who's piping him say again who's piping him you know damn well who piping him is a name a name's to you drop it's fuck i'm not gonna call her by that i'm not having it it's nonsense she's changed she's changed her twitter name to it now so you know it's fucking real i'll fuck all the way off <laughs> that's yeah. crap um yeah the <laughs> nikki bliss nikki bliss nikki cross alexa or nikki ash whatever she's called now alexa naomi and Asuka look like just a fucking explosion of paint and nonsense I, I don't quite get it so are they trying to put Alexa Bliss over as, as a face now because she's teaming with everyone else it's a face what, what am I don't meant to think it. here don't worry about, about it <laughs> um, if you read, read too much into it you'll, you'll end up getting a nosebleed or something made, so <laughs> one positive to take from this it was kind of nice oh yeah to see that 
there is a women's division on Raw. There are more people in the women's division on Raw other than Rhea Ripley yeah. and Charlotte. Like, yes, this again was like just more overbooked nonsense, a lot like that I, first segment. I'm surprised they haven't moved more people between Raw and SmackDown. I know that the draft's coming up, but like, they also released half the women's division on SmackDown. That's to say, SmackDown's women's, and women's division is thin. There's there's women on Raw that are like criminally underutilized, like yeah. Nikki Cross, who obviously yeah. now she's getting this push, which is cool. But like, apparently it was her idea, the character, and Damo came up with it. Um, really? Yeah, and she pitched it, and WWE loved it. So of course they did. It's 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 either way. It's like hair baby. So yeah, that's I'm 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 okay with it. If if they literally just like done this is like oh yeah, well, this will be great. If they if they'd done it without her kind of like sort of input on it, mm. I think it would probably have been worse than it is. I don't think. Yeah. It's bad. I mean, I don't think it's bad. I, I think she oh, seemed because she's, she's invested, invested in it. Clearly. She's invested in it, and that's why I don't think it's bad because she's gonna give it her all. It was her idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I guess you, you can't shit on creative and go, oh, well, they, they stifle them and they don't they don't allow them to do something either. When, if this is her thing and she's allowed to do it, then fine. But it then doesn't surprise me that I've allowed her to do it because it's the sort of shit they do anyway. Like, they've done away with Ricochet being got, a resident superhero, so they need a got, fucking another one, don't they? They've got Mighty Molly on the fucking production team, mate. Of course they're going to... Just... Oh. Of, course they, of course she's going to be like, I love this, this is great, because it's like an homage to it. <laughs> uh... To be honest, the match itself was really nothing to shout about. Um, Naya and Piper Niven do their best natural disasters impression where they just squish Asuka in the middle of the ring. Um, it was, as I say, just overbooked nonsense. Eve Marie, the story of this was to her just shithousing her way out of every opportunity. Tagged in very briefly, did fuck all, tagged back out very quickly. Uh, the match ends with her team winning and she goes and gets the mic and declares herself as the sole winner. It was just pretty poo, but yeah, oh, yeah. It's it, it. We say it. Well, I say it at least all the time. Everyone in this is kind of capable of better. Should be getting booked better. We don't need to have them all kind of uh, thrown the, together just because the spotlight for the the women's title is between Charlotte and Rhea. That doesn't mean that the other ones just have to be thrown into like multi women matches. You can have little feuds here and there. And it's, the, there yeah. was also um, that bit where. <laughs> Naomi and Eva Marie were trying to like chain wrestle and Naomi just was just like just turned to like a tag partners like to the heels and went this isn't working (laughs) (laughs) wow it was like you've literally you you couldn't wrestle the first fucking time you were here you think you You think you'd learn something you've you've been signed back to the company since September it's been almost a year and you've been building up and you're still not that good like Come on. I mean, yeah. I get I get the whole point is she's a vehicle to like push Piper Niven or Dewdrop mm. or whatever we're calling her these Piper days. Niven. But it's I mean, it's, I hope you go back to that. <sighs> um <sighs> I get but I get she's like a she's a vehicle to basically elevate her because yeah. they're doing like storyline and apparently Vince loves it and she, he loves Piper Niven. So it's go it's going to get like the spotlight and it's going to probably <laughs> probably like end up doing a doing a good job of elevating it but as long as it does but it's a shame we have to go through this shit to get there yeah at at the same time it's like 
it's like anything with WWE protect people's weaknesses. Like, yeah, yeah. you've got a fucking TV show that at the moment doesn't have a live crowd in front of it. Yeah, you you can absolutely protect their like weaknesses mm-hmm. without without was like having to fucking without them doing it and that was going oh yeah like that that's, that's shit yeah like yeah. It, if any if anything fair enough they haven't got the fans that that's a big issue like for WWE yeah. but this Thunderdome era they've had it in like a controlled environment essentially on a soundstage yeah they should should have been putting out way better content than they have absolutely one hundred and ten percent. I don't think I don't think that gets mentioned enough. Yeah, yeah. Instead, we've got to fucking deal with this detritus, and then they <laughs> wonder why um, numbers are dwindling and they why, can't oh, sell tickets. No, no one's buying the tickets, but we announced twenty five dates. It's because you're churning out yeah. shit every week. No one wants to come and watch that yeah. live. It's difficult enough watching it on your TV every week. <laughs> I mean, without without like having to keep going to the comparisons between WWE and AEW. AW sold up all their fucking shows, and the reason being is because their product has been absolutely they've put on notch. consistently like, good weekly television. And and Tony Khan's like then going, oh, yeah, I am I've saved some surprises for when we have fans back, and then he fucking have Alistair Black just debut out the blue, and like yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, he's not fucking round. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, they've they've literally and whenever they do have a bad show, they the following week then up the ante mm. and make up for it. Whereas when WWE have a bad show. They'll just put another they'll, one out. <laughs> they'll, they'll literally put out a fucking carbon copy of the same show the next yeah. week. And it's it's nonsense. Like, just do better. Do better. Yeah. Uh, there's then Bobby Lashley and MVP backstage, a little interview. And then we get Mustafa Ali versus Mansoor. Um, the whole thing of this is Mustafa Ali basically telling Mansoor he needs to be a bit more crafty, a bit more cunning. It was a really quick match. Um, I was like, a little bit excited for this match when it got was. yeah and then it was this short yeah um basically ali gets trapped in the ropes gets his foot trapped in the rope mansoor being the good guy that he is comes over and helps him get out of the ropes frees him from that and then ali uses that to his advantage and rolls him up and then walks off and just says like you've got to be smarter stop thinking with your heart like think with yeah. your, your mind and be more cunning um basically trying to get him to kind of turn uh, but yeah, like you say, that should have been a lot better than than it was. But I'm 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 intrigued. Like they're they're putting this on TV. Th- they're giving them a bit of a spotlight. Like whether it's in a backstage thing or if it's in the ring. So hopefully, I like that Ali's basically doing Sean Sean O'Hare's Devil's Advocate gimmick, which is like uh, one of those one of those gimmicks that everyone said if that was given the actual time, it would have been incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, WWE typically lost the fucking interest in it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's kind of doing, he's doing like almost like a toned down version of that mm. where he, he's not like fully going, oh, you know, well, why do why didn't you, why didn't you do this? He's, he's like, he's, he's like kind of like trying to lead the man to his own decision to like me. To, yeah. Oh, maybe I need to cheat to win. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's quite, it's quite a cool dynamic. And I mean, Mustafa Ali is criminally underutilized, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, he's a guy. So who, good. They they almost naturally made him a main eventer. Yeah, was that just before the run up to like Kofi Mania? Yeah, when yeah. he got injured. Yeah, but he, even after that, like when they when they were trying to put him back into that main event scene, and like Daniel Bryan was wanting matches with him and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's 
he's, he's so good. He, like, I remember when they announced him as the leader of Retribution. I was like, okay, this, this could save the whole thing. Yeah. And his promo work was phenomenal. WWE though, he was decided. carrying that. Like, if, of all the, the the shit that was kind of around that, he was the one kind of like beacon of light within everything in Retribution. Yeah. Like, if there was one thing to take away from that was that he got low to mic time and it just showed why he's so good. Yeah. Everything else around it was Poe, though. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Poe, we then get Drew, Drew chatting more pup backstage before his match against Jinder. Um, for Story the early... time, needs to leave. You are. Story time, Drew needs to fuck off. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> I'm really not a fan of it. I like Drew. I want to like him, but he's, he's... I think you said the other week, he's starting to kind of grate on me a bit. And it's not through his fault. It's them. It's them doing the whole thing they do, where it's like, oh yeah, let's talk about this. Let's talk about. Oh, this like, is your heritage and your background. Like now, we need to shoehorn it into every promo it, that you do. Yeah, it, it's like if he does it every now and again, it's quite it, it and it feels organic. It's cool, but yeah. when I just when it's like shoehorned in, and it's like, yeah. oh, here we go again. What mm. are you going to tell us this time? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The match against Jinder uh, for the early part of the match it was pretty much drew just no selling everything that jinder threw at him kind of mugging him off a bit uh jinder barely sort of got a foot in the match and anytime it looked like he did like drew just knocked him back down again um drew uh, sorry jinder it should be noted that he came out with uh shanky and veer uh, which play into the finish of the match that drew setting up for the claymore and then shanky and veer interrupt get up on the apron uh, and they come in and cause a distraction. Uh, and then Drew gets the DQ win. Um, Jinder then runs off with them up to the top of the ramp, steals Drew's sword. And so I feel like that's going to be a thing now for a few I, weeks. I, 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 that, again, Saturday morning cartoon, like he's twirling <laughs> his mustache as he steals that fucking sword. <laughs> I, I'm here for I am. And, and, and I'll tell you for why. Because if this, even if it goes on for a few weeks... As long as this keeps him away from anything to do with Bobby Lashley yeah. and it gets Jinder on TV a bit more, I'm all right with it. There's a history with them, so there's a bit of story there. I, they can also have it where Jinder and like his faction, because they, they haven't named it yet, have they? No. Um, they can have it where they interfere in Money in the Bank and cost Drew. And yeah. It takes Drew up much. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we get Jinder and Drew feuding for a little bit after that. Yeah. yeah. And I'd be happy with that because... We've, we've been saying for a while, like it feels like they're trying to put him in any opportunity they can to have him in the world title picture around Bobby Lashley. And he's had his opportunity now. And it's almost like, well, they don't know what to do with him because if he's not in the world title picture, they've positioned him as like a main event guy almost now. And it's like, well, if he's not doing that, what does he do? So this keeps him entertained, keeps yeah. him on TV, I guess, but well away from that to kind of build someone else up and to... Allow Lashley to have like a title reign that kind of feels meaningful rather than just against the same guy week after week, month after month, which is kind of how Drew's went when he faced Orton for like the fifth, sixth, seventh time. Yeah, it's definitely been like sort of like symptomatic of the Thunderdome era that they've just they've just gone on well, we'll just do this again. Play out this feud for like three, four months. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was literally like the Thunderdome era has just been like... Um, them twiddling the thumbs for like 15 months yeah 
it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um, we don't get a New Day interview. I've just written, they're so good, aren't they? Like, they're just, yeah. the energy in their interview, whether it's in the ring cutting promos or if it's interviews backstage, and they're, they're so confident on the microphone. And there's never kind of a hesitation in what they say, and they bounce off each other so well. Um, yeah, this is really cool. They just basically kind of talk about their their upcoming match against uh, the Hurt Business. Um, and then did you notice at the end, I can't remember exactly what you said, but Wood said something about the breeze or doing the breeze or we're going to breeze through. And I was like, is that a little nod to Tyler? He, 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 he does that. Like, he, he'll, they'll, they'll have like an in-joke from their Uno games. Right. And then all of them try and get it on TV. <laughs> so like, so like um, Cesaro, like a while back, was going like, oh yeah, a lot of respect, a lot of respect. <laughs> and um, when, when uh, Woods told MVP to hit the bricks or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> he kick rocks it was. He told him to kick rocks. That was another thing where they were just doing that. And nice. Yeah, it's yeah. it's cool. Um, he's obviously been very vocal about him and Cole. Have both been very vocal about Breeze getting released. Yeah, it, which yeah. is true. Proper shit. Uh, and then we get uh, tag team match: T Bar and Mace against the Lucha House Party. Lindsay Dorado's cane gear is fucking awesome. It's got the cane yeah, and everything. That was fucking awesome. Really, really cool. They even mention it on commentary. Like, how could you not mention it? But yeah, very, very cool. Um, Should have wore it on May nineteenth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Trick there. <laughs> um, Lindsay's gear, that was always top. It's always spot on, yeah. The, the Power Rangers one, the, like the White Ranger one in particular. Was, and he had the, the Dragon Zord one when they were in Dusty Classic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and he had the Megazord one just for a random fucking show. I remember that. Because was, it was in a match with the New Day, and there was a really funny bit where the, Lindsay was in the corner with uh, Woods and Kofi. Uh, and they also to get they all had the Power Rangers gear on, and then before they did it, they did like that, like the fucking the, I, that's fucking cool. I, I, I really want because um, Kofi's got the Green Ranger gear, and Lindsay's got that um got that uh, Dragon Zord one. I just want Kofi to pull up the fucking dagger, <laughs> play the flute on it, and then Lindsay just appears. <laughs> <Funny. laughs> um, so Onto the match, so it was again like another fairly quick match. It was T Bar and Mace just overpowering them at kind of every opportunity. Um, and Lucha House Party get an unexpected roll up victory, uh, and then scramble the fuck out of Dodge. You, um, that you was forget it. how good T Bar is, though, don't you? T Bar's brilliant. Like we, T Bar's we so watching, good. We were watching the PWG um highlight videos yesterday, yeah. and when like when. When I shown you fucking Keith Lee spirit bombing him and I'm rolling out of Just here. rolling out and standing and up I and just him right. in the face. It was like, yeah. That, fucking that's, hell. That's the shit we don't get anymore because he's fucking T-Bar nowadays. Yeah, yeah. After so this, good. we get Riddle and Priest backstage. Uh, Riddle's talking about more stories of when he was a child and I don't know. It's just kind of a bit of nonsense. Uh, and then, don't need to get in the bin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we get Riddle versus Styles. Um Riddle, so Riddle's obviously selling the foot injury throughout the whole match. And at one point he does the crane kick from Karate Kid. And AJ's like, I'm not going to fall for that. And then he just catches him with it anyway. Um, Riddle just basically struggles to build any real momentum because of the, the foot injury. Um, and then the finish of the match came when the uh, Viking Raiders uh, appeared behind the barricades, distracted Armas, and Styles subsequently was distracted as well. And Riddle just got a roll at victory, um, which kind of made sense. Like he, he couldn't kind of 
do anything uh, aside from that, uh, as I say, with the foot injury. Um, I feel like Riddle could be in with a shout of money in the bank, you know. I do, but I really don't want that to happen. I don't. Like, I, obviously, I want it to be big to but... Someone said to me, I think it was Tom Clark, actually, um, said that he could see Riddle winning money in the bank and then Orton getting jealous about it. And then that kicks a feud off. And then that starts the feud off with them. Yeah. Um, I don't want that. I, I, I just want either Big E or Kevin Owens to win it and turn heel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next is Charlotte and Rhea Ripley in the ring. Uh, Charlotte starts off in the ring. She's on a crutch. And then Rhea Ripley comes out. And then it turns out that they're both faking it. They're both bullshitting. Rhea's like, I can play you at your own game. Uh, and they both feign the injury. And then they just attack each other with crutches. I don't really care for this much anymore, to be honest. Charlotte needs to be well away from the title picture. Either, yeah, either pull the trigger and just give her the belt. Yeah. And then have someone else chase her because this rear and Charlotte, you just trash. It's hurting both of them. Yeah. And it really is. Yeah, it's just, it's just not good. Like, that's the thing. It's it's like, if they were telling a compelling story, like when the last time they fucking turned Charlotte heel, mm. when it was him, because she was jealous of Becky and Wonder, and it was an actual compelling story. It was like, oh yeah, Charlotte, of course Charlotte's got to be in the title picture, but it made sense the, the way they did it. Yeah. And that's fine. But the fact that they've got Rhea Ripley, who in NXT was a certifiable bad motherfucker. Yeah. And they've got a go. <laughs> Look at me, I've got a crutch too. And then having a sword fight with crutches with Charlotte. Come on now, fuck me. How do, <laughs> how do you fuck up Rhea Ripley this bad? I know. Oh, she's oh gone dear. from being like fucking Drew before he started telling stories to Sam Gradwell. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a slight at Sam Gradwell. It's just that his gimmick doesn't isn't a main event gimmick, is it? It's no. It's He's like irritating, snivelly, irritating, irritating school bully. And that's yeah. what Rhea's doing when she's doing the fucking sticking yep. her fingers on her nose and pulling her tongue out. Doing yeah. Shit like that. It's like, crap. Um, speaking of crap, I don't, I don't, I don't want to shit on everything on this show, but it's, just, <laughs> it's really difficult not Basically, to, because it's, it's just raw, isn't it? So then we get Elias and Cedric versus Riker and R-Truth. Um, before the match even starts, Akira Tozawa comes down with a 24-7 brigade. Truth tries to roll him up and then runs off and chases them, which makes it a two-on-one handicap match. Uh, Riker beats on Cedric for all of about 30, 40 seconds. Cedric goes to tag Elias in. Elias doesn't want any of that smoke. Walks off, leaves Cedric to face Riker, and Riker hits him with whatever his finisher is for the win. Black hole slam. A what? Black hole slam. Black hole slam, that's it. And that was that. Um, I, do love, I do love a good black hole slam. But at the same time, I hate Jackson Riker. He's, he's a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> did, did you see? Did you see what Cedric's wife, Big Swole, tweeted about it? I did. I can't remember what it was, but I think you put it in the group. I'm sure I saw something. Big Tasty put it in the group. Yeah, uh, saying, saying, in what world does anyone want to see Cedric Alexander lose to a uh, Hogan Junior? <laughs> Fucking Al Hogan Junior. Wow. Love Big Swole. Big Swole. It's, tr- yeah. it's true. Like Cedric again. Cedric's a guy who. Is so talented. Yep. Like, I, you've just got to look at the Cruiserweight Classic when he had that match with Abushi and everyone was chanting, Hire Cedric. Yeah. 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 Please yeah. sign Cedric. Even the stuff. 
Go on. Triple H come out and give it its fucking stamp of approval. It was like, yeah. <laughs> How have you fallen to this? <laughs> yeah. 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 Even a couple of weeks ago when he was like healing it up, saying better than Shelton, like better than Jeff Hardy. And then all yeah. of a sudden, like, all of his stuff like, in the Hurt business was really good. His stuff leading up to that, going into it, was a bit they, meh. But then once he was in it, they told a more compelling story with it, though, couldn't they? Where like, he, yeah, could they? They were trying to do the whole thing where Cedric's getting too cocky; he's going to cost them, and that's what they did. But the way they did it was that they just kicked him, him and Shelton out, and then that yeah. let it. Through. Yeah, wasn't the best way to handle it. No. Uh, speaking of the hurt business, we didn't get to the main event of Raw, which is the New Day versus the Hurt Business. Um, New Day basically cut the ring in half for a lot of it, stopping MVP from tagging Lashley. And eventually, when he does get in, that turns things around and it allows uh, MVP and Lashley to keep on top of them for a bit. Um, Woods then, towards the end of the match, takes out Lashley on the outside. Uh, MVP goes to hit the playmaker. Kofi breaks out of that, hits Trouble in Paradise, and they pick up the win. Um, it was an all right match, but it, it, this is more for the story. Like, yes, yeah. there's, there's a really compelling story going in on, on in this where it feels um, like MVP is trying to tease Kofi turning on Woods or to boot him off. And that intrigues yeah. me. The match was just kind of there. I, yeah, I, I really like like the dynamic of this feud. Mm. Um, it, it's weird, isn't it? Because I don't. Th- I didn't think Kofi was going to win. No. But now they've got me believing that he might. Really? And the whole time Drew and Lashley were feuding, I, there was no time where I thought, oh, yeah, Drew's taking that belt off Lashley. No. Mm. Maybe Hell in a Cell, but even then I was like, nah, Lashley's going to retain it. Um, Maybe Woods accidentally costs Kofi that money in the bank. Yeah. That's then uh, starts to drive the wedge. I don't want them to split up the new day, but if this is this so, is how it feels the direction it's going, and if they're gonna, that's the only way feasibly I can see that happening because MVP yeah. keeps talking about this whole well, if you lose on your own, you've only got yourself to blame. If you lose in a tag team, then like you know, you didn't take the pin, it was Woods that took the pin and you've still got a loss on your record, sort of thing. And so I, I that's gotta play into it somewhere. Well there, there was talk, wasn't there? Um of after the draft, uh, Biggie being brought over to Raw to kind of reunite with the New Day, put them all to be singles guys. Yeah, yeah. And like kind of move them all away from the kind of what they're doing with like the Usos, where they've elevated them all together. Yeah. And they're more singles guys than the tag team these days. Yeah. But and it, it wouldn't come out of the blue if you then put them back together as a tag team to challenge for something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be against that. Give Woods King of the Ring. Yeah. Have Biggie win money in the bank, cashing on Lashley and win the belt. Um, yeah. Writes itself. Yeah. You probably won't do that. that, that we shall that see. I doubt happen. it. <laughs> so that was Raw. Uh, highs and lows? Um, My low is just Charlotte and Rayman. So disappointing. Mm. It's just really, really. Like, I remember when. The, the match at last year's Mania was announced when Charlotte was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to cash him a Rumble win on, on the NXT Championship. I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Mm. And then I was really excited about the match and then it happened and the match itself was good, but the result was wrong in my opinion. And I was like, oh, they need to do something to get 
like when Rhea gets eventually gets called up because we knew it was coming. Yeah, and it it damaged Rhea a lot as well losing the belt. That's the other thing that kind of goes goes unsaid a lot of the time. Mm. She didn't regain her momentum after losing the belt to Charlotte. No, she she didn't feel like the same wrestler. No. She had that match with EO, which was banging, and she had the match with Raquel, the last woman standing match, which was amazing. Yeah. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was still like. Felt like she was missing a bit of the magic, and then they called her up to Maine. She beat Asker in a fucking first, like first time of asking, and that was that was a good match at Mania. And then after everything after that, just dropped off. And I feel like the company are really let me down the yeah. way they're portraying her at the moment. So that's my low. Just just everything with like Rhea and Charlotte is just nonsense. And yeah, fair enough. They're both they're both much better than this, and. There's already a compelling story you could tell there, which they just aren't telling for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, my high is all the New Day and um, Bobby Lashley and MVP stuff. I think it's a really compelling feud. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, as I say, they've, they've done a very good job of making me believe Kofi Mania 2 might happen. <laughs> nice. What about you? Um, my high is going to be Mustafa Ali and Mansoor. Not the match, but just the story that's going on there. I really hope they give this time to kind of breathe and evolve properly. Um, Mustafa Ali, we, we said earlier, is fucking awesome. And the more time he's on TV and on the mic, um, the better. And I think Mansoor's really good. We still haven't seen kind of enough of him and been able to kind of show exactly what he can do. I know he's had a few matches since he's been called up and there was obviously the stuff that he had on, uh, it was on 205 Live for a bit, wasn't he? And I think he had one or two appearances yeah. on NXT maybe. Um, yeah. But I'm just, yeah, I'm... I'm in really interested to see where they go with this and like you say this whole kind of like devil's advocate thing that they're they're doing with Mustafa Ali so yeah uh that'd be my high uh my low is the uh it's between that eight women tag match and the opening set I think it's the opening segment overbooked nonsense yeah. They, they, like you said, they always do this for money in the bank where they have to get all the participants in the ring at once. And thankfully, we didn't get everyone on top of a ladder, ladder and it looked really hokey, but oh, it's just nasty. It, it's just a bit shit, isn't it? It is a bit shit. Like, compared to what they're doing on SmackDown next week, it's just, it just, it's just bollocks. Yeah. That was raw. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Do you like wrestling? You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Check out topropebrewing.com, our very own Big Tasties brewery. They do a great deal of wrestling-themed beers, including Cold Stone Cream Austin Ice Cream Pale Ale and Papa Mango Mango Pale Ale also. They also do an array of T-shirts, masks, cans, and mini kegs. Check out topropebrewing.com, or if you live in the Liverpool area, go to the Brew Tap in Bootle. And thatchface.com, where if you've got a minging beard, you can get beard balms, oils, and grooming kits. They also do apparel. If you put whatever you want in your basket, and then go, Aaron, where do you get your discount? You go into the promo code at the bottom, type in UWP20 for 20% off. And proceeds of your purchase do go to test out your cancer charities. Do you want to talk smack diddly down? I'd love to talk smack down because it's just so much better than Raw. <laughs> um, so the the show the show starts with a Jimmy trying to talk. Well, they show like a recap of all that Edge attacking Jimmy last week and all that. Um, 
and Jimmy's trying to talk to Roman. Heyman doesn't let him in, in like Roman's dressing room, but promises Roman will give him his full attention tonight. And then after the intro thing, Roman stood the gorilla, heads to the ring. Um, Cole says Roman's the star of the Thunder Dome era, and I think he's disrespecting Bailey massively there. Yeah. Bailey and Asuka were two of the unsung heroes of that era. Like they carried it on the foot and back. Yeah. Um, endlessly entertaining, especially when they're in the performance center. Mm. Um, but yeah, Roman is still mega star. Isn't he? Um, yeah. he, they do a weird thing where like they have him like kind of absorbing all the Roman sucks chance from like the AI, AI crowd. And it's like, what are you doing? Like mm. <laughs> it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel natural. Why are we doing this? Yeah, I don't I know. know like, to... are they trying to do it so that when fans come back, the fans do the same because they're like, ah, oh, well, yeah, well, it's trying to kind of train them to, yeah, but it just feels so like artificial and like polished. And oh, yeah, oh, it's horrible. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's very, it doesn't work for me. They wouldn't be chanting um, that any other time, don't pretend that they would be. They'd be they'd... chanting Roman sucks, I think, and they'd be booing the shit out of them, but. It's just the fact that we know it's not it's not the fans doing it. It's like mm. some fucking button that Kevin Dunn's pressing in in his production truck. <laughs> um But yeah, um Roman Roman says um says that people didn't like he wasn't present last week. Um there's a lot there's a lot of things he didn't like about last week. Uh he called Edge a liar. He says for twenty he, he said, I'm an honest man, twenty seconds at WrestleMania. I was afraid, but it motivated me. And he said he smashed them, he stacked them, and he printed it on a shirt. <laughs> great line. Um, he says he's focused on family stuff and he needs to handle business. Uh, and Jimmy comes out and he accuses Roman of being on vacation and Roman, like, fuming. And he, yeah, yeah. I, I, love, I love the whole thing of Roman, like, yelling at Jimmy. <laughs> um, and he said, I, I wasn't on vacation. And if I was, I deserved it anyway, but I wasn't. I was doing what you couldn't do. And then Jay comes out. Um, yes, boy. Jay says he's back for both of them and that he wants the Usos to become seven-time tag champions. And Roman's kind of like, see, this is what I want to. You yeah. don't see the picture, Jimmy. I want us all to be champions. I want us all to to rule WWE and hold yeah. it how we want. And he's like, follow, follow my lead and we'll do it together on the same page. And he hug. And as the hugging as well, Roman's like, He's almost like grimacing about hugging Jimmy. Like, <laughs> I think he's going to do a bad murder on Jimmy at some a point. Bad, bad murder. He, um, he's gonna, he's gonna. Like, we've spoke about this, like since Jimmy come back. I think Roman is gonna probably take Jimmy through the same thing that he took Jay through mm. at some level. Not to not make him fall in line. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily like the Hell in the Cell match, but I feel. But then maybe they'll just. Kibosh, that's to punish Jimmy for his um, DUI. Mm. Uh, a couple of things to pick up on in that that opening segment. So when Roman was talking about for like oh for like a moment for twenty seconds, you know I I had you know that fear was there or whatever it was. And when he turns around to Heyman, he was just like Brock had that at some point, didn't he? As well, he's like even Brock would have experienced that. Always oh, yeah. name drop Brock. Oh, <laughs> doing it a lot. The also, time so we get Brock and Roman. Do you notice when Jimmy came out and he said last week? when Edge put him in, like, the cross face, but he called it the Edge face. Is that what they're calling that now? The Edge face? I'm guessing so. I don't like it. I mean, it. It, it's weird because Edge modified it when he did it on Jimmy last week, but then he was just it was just a cross face this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when Jay then comes out 
and he just says like you know i'm i'm not back for he says i'm back to be your right hand man and i've always got your back and he says to jimmy he's like i know we're going through like i know you're going through some hard times at the moment and it was yeah. like very like oh it was oh. very heartfelt i thought like yeah it, it it did actually like there's two ways wwe could do could have done that they could have done it like to ham it up like they do hmm. and you all the subtlety of a fucking sledgehammer <laughs> or they did it with with Jay actually saying it, it felt like it was like sincere and from the heart. Yeah. I noticed when I, they I had that, like em- that. Yeah, I do. They had that embrace at the end and Roman put like that, his hand on the back of Jimmy's head and kind of brought him in even closer as well. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, there's some, there's some underlying stuff there. Like this is, yeah, I yeah. was, I was not shocked, but it surprised me that Jimmy was on TV this week, given obviously what's just happened. But yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's an integral part to the story, isn't he? So it'd be hard Roman, to just sack him off TV for it. Roman's literally the head of the table. Like he's he he's not gonna get binned off the telly for a while. No. I don't think. Um we then see Baron Corbin his, his hair's grown out a bit, he's got like a big grey beard now. Uh, he says his life's a mess and he, he has he has to win tonight to kind of get back on track. Talk about losing his car and his crown. <laughs> <laughs> on commentary says Corbin's hairline has committed treason to his face which <laughs> absolutely doubled over it was Pat Pat with this any stuff with Nakamura and Corbin Pat's just like on a different level like yeah. there's a part of me that wants to see Pat versus Corbin now don't think it'll happen but uh, I would like it yeah <laughs> Corbin makes his entrance and he's even lost his entrance music now, which was it's a really... sounds of nothing. <laughs> yeah. And Pat was just like, oh man, he's lost his entrance music and everything. <laughs> it was just a really nice touch. Um, this whole like, this whole like Corbin like sort of hitting absolute like rock, rock bottom. bottom. Yeah. Um, Biggie comes out and invites Pat to join him on his couch and they've got foot spars and... <laughs> like a it, fridge and everything. <laughs> oh, it's just brilliant. Um, and as Corbin's like yelling at Biggie for being there, Biggie's like, look on the screen and you see Nakamura and Boogs arriving in Corbin's car that they got at a really low price at an auction. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, Corbin as well, you he, saying he'd missed payments on his house. Um, We're going to get vignettes so, of him just living on the street, aren't we, for the next I, few weeks? Yeah, I mean, the, the, it's, it's weird though, because they're trying to make us feel sorry for him but at the same time you've got all the baby faces laughing at him about it because he's been yeah. so it's like well what is it yeah yeah what, what, what are we doing here like because it, it'll get to the point where like guys like Nakamura and Biggie will start feeling like heels because they're rubbing Take, his face that's that it. much yeah yeah um, so yeah Corbin attacks Nakamura during his entrance um, and <laughs> There was a, a couple of really cool spots in this match. Corbin was like definitely the more aggressive of the two. Mm. Um, he and he, he had like an answer for the Kinshasa a few times in this match. There was one bit where he reversed it into a single leg grab, uh, another way he reversed it into a deep six. Uh, he hits a really nasty looking brain bust onto the feet and unstable as well. Mm. Um, little honorable mention, but Biggie and Pat were just like taking the piss out of Corbin's hairline the whole match. Um, <laughs> Like there was there was one bit where um, Biggie was like, "Oh yeah, every every time every time you see his hairline, it looks like he's tipping his cap to you or something like that, <laughs> or it's always out. doing a salute." Um, 
And the, also, did you notice the way Pat and Biggie had a, a, like they each had a foot in the in, um, in the in the other spa. In the foot, in the other spa, yeah. <laughs> like they were really sharing the foot. <laughs> um, yeah, Nakamura eventually hits the Kinshasa to win, and uh, Pat air guitars on the announce table as Biggie goes on his couch. Michael, Michael Cole's just like get Pat some socks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. I, I want more Biggie and Pat stuff because that was yes. so amazing. so good, so insane. I was like, even if it's stuff like that, where like whenever Biggie's doing his his guest commentary and he's got the couch out, he goes, "Pat, are you gonna come join me?" <laughs> and like Cole's just like furious about unprofessional, <laughs> unprofessional. It, <laughs> uh, it was just so good, um, superb. We then go backstage and see the Usos talking about taking Edge out before Money in the Bank, uh, and uh, getting Roman's good graces, basically. And then we get um, Natalia and Tamina. Uh, that it wasn't an open challenge. They said they were being challenged by a team that no one's seen on SmackDown before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's a, but they said it's a non-title match, and um, they were very heelish in this. Like again, are they faces or are they heels? Yeah, like, I don't understand. We, I, they're they're in my in my head. They're heels. Yeah, but it's weird because at WrestleMania, Tamina was so over, and they uh, felt like faces. Yeah, and then now it's like. What are they? Um, so yeah, um, Shotty and Tegan Knox answer. Um, Shotty's literally just called Shotty now, and Tegan uh, Knox is just called Knox. Well, uh, until uh, I said on commentary. Yeah, so it, they, they called the team Shotty and Knox. They even but, had that on like the the Tron as well, didn't they? Yeah, but then they were referring to Tegan Knox still as Tegan Knox. Yeah, yeah. But Shotty, they they have just completely. Got rid of the black arts, any? That's disappointing. Yeah, I, I mean it's, they do this, though, don't they? Like it's, yeah. it's typical of WWE. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's weird though, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it's I'd, cool to see him on there though. Like, it was is, then. Is that them definitely on there, or is it just a one-off the, appearance? Yeah. So my issue with the Tegan Knox thing is that she's literally just returned to NXT yeah. for yeah. a feud. Yeah, and are, are they going to do what they did with them um, when they called up like Alistair Black and Ricochet and have them do both for a bit? Both. Yeah, yeah. Or is they that, did the is same with Champa and Gargano, didn't they? Like Champa and Gargano were feuding on NXT, but then they had them tagging together on Raw. Yeah, God. we did. We did get DIY versus the Bar though, which was a banging match. Yes, um, yes, it was. But yeah, it, the, a lot of people as well kind of like going, "Well, why? Why didn't they bring Bember?" And I was like, "Well." Shotty and Knox were actually a tag team before Shotty and Ember. Yeah. They were tag- they were tagging last year when they when they were feuding with the way. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, uh Shotty and uh Tegan do some pretty cool double team moves. There was a bit where um Shotty did like a got an assisted cannonball in the corner yeah, where yeah. Tegan, like Tegan sat, sat down and just like hoisted her up and over. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty cool. Um Tegan really didn't do much in this match though, did she? She was nah. like she, like, this again. is her first in-ring bit since she's been back from injury. Yeah, but and then it's, yeah, at the same time, it's like I understand. Like she's like they're probably being a bit cautious, but then don't have her make like a SmackDown debut as her first match back after injury. Like at least like I don't know, give her another week on NXT, have her in a match with Candice, like find her feet again, it, rather than coming in on SmackDown and then being almost a non-entity in the match. Yeah, it ju- it just kind of felt like weird that they do that. Like she. She literally took all the 
all like the offense that Tamina was dish you know, was on mm. it. Like just taking her out. She did like a few little bits and bobs in the match, but not really big. Yeah. Um, there was a bit where Tamina you know, absolutely murdered Shotty with a super kick. <laughs> yeah. Where like she lost her she lost her foot and didn't she as she was hitting it. Mm. So she just like overstretched the hit it. And um, yeah, it was a bit upsetting. <laughs> and then Shotty hits the the win. Which, yeah. Very, very. I also odd. forgot that it was a non-title match when it happened. And what? Fuck, hang on. Have they just lost that? And then, and then yeah, realize it was a non-title no, match. No, but they'll, they'll probably do, they'll probably run this match back about four times before they get the title, the title match. So don't worry about it. Mm. Um, I mean, at least it's and, a new tag team. Yeah, and we were we like literally just before we're talking about all SmackDown. I've got like four women on the roster, and then they've introduced three on one episode. Yeah, or on the third later. Um, <laughs> you then get insufferable Megan interviewing Edge. Uh, he says he's interested if Roman will come alone or with his family. He doesn't and says he doesn't think he's got the jewels to do it. Um, and then we got Sonya Deville in the ring uh, talking about Bailey being out for nine months. Uh, we get Bailey doing an interview via satellite saying this sucks and we all want to see her beat Bianca but blames the fans for her injury because she was like training extra hard to try and like overcome mm. Bianca I'm calling yeah. bullshit on this injury I'm not I think it's bullshit Do you? I think she's going to come in and, and something's going to happen money in the bank well no because they moved the women's title match to Smackdown oh Buff. fuck of course yeah yeah they did oh I don't know it was it was weird that they didn't go into her injury until, like, she was sat there on the couch with the fucking knee brace on. Mm. That was odd. Um, but also, I'd fight for putting out and like confirmed it wasn't on ATL. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, fair enough. So, but but it was also weird that in this like package, uh, when Bianca come out, she said, "I don't know if it's a legitimate injury." It was like, can you face or heal? <laughs> it, you, it, it's a bit heelish questioning whether someone that actually fucking torn mm. the race out. come yeah, on yeah, me yeah. play a game <laughs> play the game um, so yeah Sonya announces Bianca's next challenge will be on Smackdown in front of fans next week that's going to be Carmella uh, Car- Carmella does a usual bollocks and then Liv comes out um, and says that Carmella didn't earn it and um, accuses Sonya of favourites and gets in Sonya's face and Sonya like looked genuinely rattled and then so it goes like full fucking listen bitch <laughs> <laughs> she adds she says if you let me finish um, I'm gonna I was gonna add you in the money in the bank match to replace Carmella there's still two spots in the Smackdown side of the thing for the women's money in the bank yeah I reckon Shotty and Knox uh, no the third edition to Smackdown I I wouldn't be surprised um <laughs> I also wouldn't be surprised if after Carmella loses to Bianca, um, she gets just put back in it. Hmm. Um, so yeah, Liv says she hopes uh, Carmella wins so she can cash it in there. And so- Sonia says as well, if you ever accuse me of favoritism again, I'll make sure you don't get a title shot ever again. Which is like, well, it's kind of backing up what Liv said. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, all right. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Bianca. Bianca comes out as a stare down with Liv and again Bianca's acting a little bit heel here which is weird because mm. I don't know it's just, it's just like WWE have just all of a sudden decided they're going to play the line for everybody yeah because they, they don't know they, where you they haven't got like 
Yeah, because they haven't got like a clear cut fan reaction because they haven't got fans. Mm. They're just like, oh yeah, we'll just blur the lines and then see what people see do. what people react to, and, and then start booking it based on reaction, which is a dangerous <laughs> game to play. Because if you, as a fan, then attending a live event, you're like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, it, just... if the, the way I look at it is, if I don't, if I don't care about, oh sorry, if I don't know whether someone's a face or a heel. And they don't they don't know which way their character's going, why should I care? Mm. Like it, it it almost loses the investment in it for me a bit. It's just a bit yeah. nonsensical. But hey ho. Um we then see Roman um sat in his room and Heyman tells Roman that Edge wants to call him out and like question manhood. And Roman looks very pissed off. Um we get a um a vignette for the debuting Tony Storm. Fuck yeah! Um, she's she's gonna debut as a babyface, isn't she? No, babe. They absolutely made that out as like a cool babyface in that video package. Nah, they, they didn't have her doing any of her heelish stuff. <sighs> I, I mean, she's good at either. No, I I prefer her as a heel. She's a, a very cool heel. She's a very good heel, but she's she is a good babyface as well. Mm. And I, I think she's someone who. Because it's on SmackDown as well, I think she's probably going to be just fine. Yeah, like they've just lost their biggest heel in the women's division. Why not replace us with someone that's already healed? Like Carmella. Fuck off. Well, that's what they've done. <laughs> there, there's also the possibility that Sonya starts wrestling again. Apparently, she's been training for fair oh, return. Good. We've got we've got Sasha. Yeah. Due back any day now. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, then go to the final money in the uh, final men's money in the bank qualifier match. Easy for me to say. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Cesaro for like the 80th time. But this was an absolute banging match. Yeah, it a lot. Um, got Kevin Owens on commentary as well, which is always good. Always good. Always um, good. A little bit of back and forth early on. Cesaro frustrates Rollins. Rollins like pulls the the cover off the table and starts stamping on it. <laughs> Kevin Owens is like. Oh yeah, yeah, you sure show that? Like, just just stamp on that a bit more. That, that sort of everything else. <laughs> like saying to Seth, watch out, my phone's there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rollins throws Cesaro into the announce table to take control. Uh, there was a lot of back and forth. Um, every time like Cesaro looked like he was getting a bit of momentum, Rollins would kind of cut him off. Mm. Uh, Rollins hits a pop up superplex, goes for the Falcon Arrow, and Cesaro blocks it and suplexes them both over the top rope. Um, a little bit later in the match, Rollins pulls off the um, the turnbuckle pad, and then after after a few like little teasers with it, he reverses a power bomb into a hurricane runner into the exposed turnbuckle, and busts Cesaro wide open. Wide open. Oh was, boy. I was I was surprised he didn't like try and fucking. The ref didn't even put his gloves on. He just carried he, on. He did eventually. Oh, did it? Oh, it took him a while. He did a bit. Okay. He did eventually. Yeah. Uh, but I was surprised. Like the genuinely let this go as long as it did like because he was covered yeah WWE are very sort of again very clinical with that aren't they they'll mm. as soon as that happens they'll at least try and clean the court up yeah. and Cesaro's pissing blood yeah. um, so uh, Rollins keeps trying to get Cesaro count- counted out like throws him into the barricade and Cesaro gets back in and then he um, he hits a DDT on like the, the steel ramp and like Cesaro selling on that was like he was dead. 
Great, gets yeah. it on nine. Yeah. Bale breaks the count. Um, and uh, Rollins goes for a curb stomp. Um, Cesaro rolls him up. He tries the sharpshooter, but he's kind of like, it's like he's punch drunk. Um, mm. And then Rollins, it's a curb stomp on him to pick up the win. Uh, really fun match. Really, yeah. really much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, I was very shocked by the amount of blood. Yeah, uh, man. Not No attempt to kind of stop it, clear it, it up or anything. It's, yeah, it's something that WWE doesn't really do often. No. And usually when, like, even if someone's got like a bloody lip or a bloody nose, they'll clean it up like pretty mm-hmm. much immediately. So the fact yeah. that they let Cesaro, like, please, I believe buckets, but, you know, he had, he had it was a fair amount. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he did have the proverbial crimson mask. Um, <laughs> yeah. Quite surprising. So that's Seth qualified for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Yeah, I think he might be a dark horse to win Money Second in the Bank. Time, maybe. But then, yeah, but then at the same time, they're teasing him and Edging and all other thing, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Usos burst into Edge's locker room, but he isn't there. Um, and then Rollins is celebrating. He says Zazaro isn't on his level. Um, and that he caught like last time he won money in the bank, he cashed in on Roman, um, even though he technically cashed in, technically on, Brock. in on Brock. But yeah, <laughs> uh, and he'll buy it. He'll buy this time and like strike when the, the moment's right. And uh, just kind of behind him, and he just goes, "Well, that's the difference between me and you. So you're you're going to wait for your opportunity, whereas I, I whereas I just came back and took mine." Mm. Um, and Rollins looks pretty pretty pissed that I just said that. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a match. I, I can see. I can see Rollins getting um not winning money in the bank, but then costing Edge or yeah. doing what he did after Cesaro Roman and just attacking Edge. Mm. Um, we'll get that at whatever the next pay per view is after Summerslam money in the bank. Is it SummerSlam? SummerFest. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's a big marquee match as well. It's huge. Like, yeah, yeah. That's something we want to see. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we got uh, Alpha Academy video package, just kind of like showing the transformation of Otis um, from being like fat guy who eats chicken a lot to serious um, that's still fat and eats chicken yeah um, not fat okay. well put well built a hoss <laughs> a hoss a unit um, <laughs> Gable says if you step to the Alpha Academy the result is the same and Otis says he'll destroy anyone and Gable listed off like a lot of guys as well like he even, even like named up Roman yeah I was surprised about the, the balls on the man. Steady on now, mate. Steady on. <laughs> Otis ain't gonna fucking do any beating of Roman anytime soon. Come he hasn't now. got the minerals. <laughs> no, he has not. No, he has not. Um, but yeah, so uh, this takes us to the final segment, which is Edge in the Ring calling out Roman. Um, he shows a picture of Roman and Jimmy with like the bars across their mouth, and uh, he's like talking about having fear in their eye. Um, Edge calls him out and Roman tells the Usos to stay there and that he's going to handle Edge alone. And as he gets to Gorilla, he gives Heyman the belt and says, keep this here. And he literally goes out on his own. Mm. Um, it shows, as Roman's walking to the ring, it shows like the Usos watching it in Roman's like dressing room mm. and sort of going, uh, oh, this doesn't feel right. And they end up heading out. Um, as the, the Usos come out, Roman's like, I've got this. What are you doing? Like Edge is um, in the ring, almost like, "Yep, I told you they'd all like all of you'd come out." And Roman's like, "No, no, I said I'd handle it." With his fucking eye, like Edge literally rolling his eyes. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, the Usos were right though, because uh, 
as Edge and Roman start brawling, the Mysterios music hits and they go inside the Usos with chairs. Um, get a big old brawl around ringside. Um, We're getting a 3v3, aren't we? I hope so, because that'd be I'll be happy bad. with that. It'd be really good. Um, I wouldn't mind six, man. Um, yeah, so uh, after after uh, the Usos managed to like sort of neutralise the Mysterios to take out Edge, Roman escapes. Uh, the Mysterios hit double six one nine on Jimmy and then hold Jay down as Edge holds the bar over Jay's mouth and like puts the gets that like cross facing. Um and then he, Jay's cell, that was amazing. It was like his eyes <laughs> always rolled into the back head. of his head, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, uh Jay ev- eventually passes out. Roman's just watching and Edge just keeps repeatedly doing it to Jay and Jimmy and then Jay mm-hmm. again and watches on. And then Roman just kind of like turns away and walks out, walks out, like yeah. realizing that he's just gonna have to watch them do it. Um, yeah, and that was the end. Uh, cool to see the Mysterios back. Yeah, man. And it makes sense that they're back. They, they keep teasing that Jimmy and Jay are gonna challenge for the belts, and they keep saying, you know, we're family and we're all gonna have these belts together. So it made sense to have them come back, uh, and it also makes for a possibly exciting six man tag a little later down the line, which I'm sure we'll probably get. Yeah. Uh, what were your highs on those then, mate? Uh, don't know. Let me see. Uh, Biggie and Pat on commentary. Come on now. That's my high. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, appreciation for Shotzi and Tegan Knox making a debut. Love both of them. Um, my low, uh, I didn't really have a low, I don't think, uh, Corbin and, and Nakamura, just because I've seen it before. I thought that that was one of the better matches they've had together. No, it was, it wasn't a bad match. It was just. I've seen it just before. It's just repetition, repetition again. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there was a lot of that on the show. Uh, yeah, for me, my um, my low was just the whole Carmella getting introduced as oh, mm, yeah. Bailey's replacement. Like, I, I just I'm just bored of Carmella. Yeah, like she's just a bit nothing at this point. Yeah, she's just naff, isn't she? Um, <laughs> naff, naff. And I don't I, like the the whole women's say uh, the SmackDown side of um, the women's money in the bank just feels kind of like an afterthought. Mm. Like they've done qualifying matches on Raw on Raw and on SmackDown. They've had Sonya every week come out and go. I'm going to put you're this in first. It. You're in this. You're in that. Yeah. Yeah. Zelina Vega didn't even show up this week. Probably she's probably getting fucking told off because her husband black mask Cody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, my high was, I, I agree with you, it was Biggie and Pat, it was fucking excellent. <laughs> so, so entertaining. Yeah. Uh, those two that. had like a natural camp chemistry together. More yeah. of that, please. Indeed. But yeah, that was Raw and Smack Diddly 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 Down. Um, if you want to tell us what you thought about it, go over to Twitter or Discord, Untitled Rest Pod or Facebook Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Let us know what you thought, whether you love Biggie being a Biggie Impact. If you didn't, I don't want any part of it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we'll see you next time.
Bye. Bye. You must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast Housing.